Welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Daryl Grove and sitting across the table from me, it's Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. How you doing, buddy? I am great. We are here to talk about derbies. Specifically, what is a derby? Yeah. Why is it called a derby? Interesting. And isn't it pronounced derby? You would think so. <laughs> for That's for our American audience. I think I've answered everything. <laughs> there you go. Show done? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Except not at all. We're also later in the show going to name some of our favorite derbies. Mm-hmm. Not all of them because we'll be here all day, but we'll, get, we'll also get into why. What makes each derby special? That works for me. Okay, so let's answer the big question first. Why is it called a derby? Because I can understand, especially if you're um, a new soccer fan, say in the United States, you're just thinking, What? Why is it the Merseyside derby? What What is going on here? Mm-hmm. Well, as with most things that originate in England, I would say it's a little confusing. Is that yeah, the best way to put it? It's always some weird English thing. You all have That's too much history <laughs> is what it is. Uh, because really, I think what it comes down to is that there are two possible explanations. Yeah. One seems more likely than the other is how I'm going to phrase that. I would say there are two possible explanations and one's right and one's wrong. Okay. That's my, that's my feeling on the issue. Can I take a guess? Is yeah. the horse race run wrong? No, I think the horse race really? one is okay. correct. All right, let's yes. talk about it. Should we start with that one then? Sure. So mm-hmm. this goes all the way back to 1780. The 12th Earl of Derby. The 12th, that's exactly it, the 12th uh-huh. Earl of Derby. So there's a new horse race that's inaugurated um, in Epsom, um, and it's hosted by Edward Smith Stanley, the 12th Earl of Derby. And so they named the new race the Derby Stakes mm-hmm. in honour of the Earl of Derby. Okay. Simple as that. And so it becomes such a big thing. It is still the big horse race in England. Everybody yeah. sort of bets on this and gets excited about this, even if they don't normally care about horse racing. Mm-hmm. So again, 1780. From there... Derby just becomes this sort of generic term for big sporting event. That's how big that horse race is. Mm -hmm. And then it just gets rolled into the Merseyside Derby, the North London Derby. They all become the North London big sporting event. Okay. It's really really as simple as that. All right. Well, as my guests uh, earlier may have indicated, I'm not sure I agree with you. But before we get into maybe debating the origins of them, let's also maybe explain the other possible explanation for the the origin. Other possible explanation, which I'm not buying, but it sounds mm-hmm. like maybe you are. Um, it goes to the uh, the Shrove Tide Tuesday match, mm-hmm. which is a weird, big. It's technically football from back in the day. I want to say like late 12th century is the mm-hmm. first uh, historical record of it. Where in Derbyshire, which is a county, which Derby City is within the county, but in Derbyshire in Ashburn, um, there's this massive medieval football game. Mm-hmm. That essentially, the goals are quite far apart and they're like at the top end and bottom end of a town and two gigantic teams try to push a ball um, towards each goal and it basically takes all day. Did you read the rules for this thing? I did not. Some of them were like, it is illegal to murder. That's one of the laws. They instituted the laws of the game. They instituted that one after the fact because I think the initial one, they were like, or like when it was first started, there were like over a thousand participants and there were multiple fatalities. There were. So I guess they had to make that rule happen. Yep. And also, um, the game has to stop at 10 p.m. (laughs) was another one of the rules. Very English. So my guess is that the the other explanation is that that people. This became like a big sporting event, mm-hmm. the Derby, uh, which is happening in Derbyshire. So big football matches starting being called derbies. Well, I, w- I would say more. the reason why I think it makes more sense is because you're talking about a football match that consists primarily of participants from one half of a town versus the other half of a town in Derbyshire. Mm-hmm. To me, all of the like familiar symptoms of match within the same city, ri- local rivals in a place called Derby. Yeah. To me, that 
makes more sense. I'm not saying it does, and I'm saying maybe they've like that's a lot of apocryphal history. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's still so many jumps in the like. There was a big horse race, and it was named after the Earl of Derby, and we went from a Derby horse race to a two teams from the same city not liking each other. There's a lot of jumps in there that I don't quite connect. But here's the big thing, mm-hmm. right? People say local Derby, yeah, right. Because derbies are not always local. This is true. Right? So Manchester, Liverpool, two different mm-hmm. cities. Barcelona, Real Madrid, two mm-hmm. different cities. So derbies are not just about something going on within the same city. Yeah. Derbies are just big sporting events. Mm-hmm. Here's the, my other um, evidence for derby being the name for a big sporting event. Kentucky Derby, mm-hmm. the Home Run Derby, all these things in the United States, they're all named after that concept of uh, Derby being uh, a big sporting event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would say, though, that one of those is also a horse race. So yeah. to me, that makes well, more one sense. One of them is not. <laughs> true. True, true, true. But I still, I still am going to say Shrove Tide. Why not? All day, every day. Wow. A match that still happens. Just saying. Of course. Yeah, yeah. but more as like a, a fun historical reenactment. I right? can't hear you over the sound of it being the obvious uh, answer to this one. But no, I, I think you're, I think conventionally, uh, the conventional wisdom is that yours is probably the actual answer. Yes. It just makes – it <laughs> seems like there's just a lot of jumps in there that make me question it. I'll put oh. it that way. OK. Well, if you're done questioning mm-hmm. it, I want to talk about it a little more. Let's do it. Um, there's a chance that this this horse race uh, was going to be called the Bunbury mm-hmm. because there was a famous guest apparently at this first event in 1780 um, called Sir Charles Bunbury. And the, the um, maybe apocryphal story is that the Earl of Derby and Sir Charles Bunbury flipped a coin to see who the horse race would be named after, and Derby won the coin toss. And so it was the Derby Stakes. Mm-hmm. So we could be talking about the North London Bunbury. That, that feels like a thing that a landed member of the aristocracy was probably not going to gamble on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like they wanted their name on as many things as possible. Well, maybe the 12th Earl of Derby had a double-sided coin. That could also be. <laughs> <laughs> or they probably just named it after him anyway. He, he is – I have heard that uh, the 12th Earl of Derby is also the inspiration for Harvey Dent. <laughs> that, could, that could be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds apocryphal. <laughs> um, all right. So um, if we take uh, my version yep. to be true, I also uh, read up on – when people first started using this, especially when newspapers first started using this phrase, it was apparently 1840 is when they would first start using uh, that name, Derby, mm-hmm. to refer to uh, you know, big rivalry matches. Because yeah. that's what we're really talking about, right, mm-hmm. is some sort of big rivalry match. Yes. Before we get into naming some, uh, some of the more interesting ones, I want to get into this Derby thing. Sure. Because I think that confuses a lot of Americans because they'll hear um, – I keep using Merseyside Derby because it's just the one that comes most mm-hmm. readily to mind – and then I think people will be confused about whether they should be calling it Merseyside Derby. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Uh, I say Derby. You do? I, and, and that's, but and you say Home Run Derby and you say Kentucky Derby. Because right? those are American things. Okay. And I think that's what it comes down to for me is like we strive, we try on the Total Soccer Show and on this show. Total Soccer Show is our other show. Please download that and listen as well. Um, we try to, I think, do our best job with pronunciation, mm-hmm. with reflecting where the players come from, where yeah. the teams come from. We take the Samuel Beckett approach. I don't know what that is. Fail better. Okay. That was his advice. <laughs> Stop being English is my <laughs> advice. Um, no, but it, it's basically, I think for me, it like I know that you call it Derby. I know that my primary source of soccer, like in my youth, was watching English soccer. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of where my like origin of soccer comes from, at least in terms of like fandom. Yeah, and yeah. so to me, it makes sense to follow that route. Yeah. Like if I'm talking about American soccer, if I'm talking to Americans, I'll say soccer. If we were in England, I would know better. I would call it football. Like okay. I think I have like you can like flip that switch a little bit. Yeah. I don't think I would ever call it like the Manchester Derby because I think right. most people know it as Derby. Okay, I, I bet there's also as well for maybe you mm-hmm. and for other Americans. There's that original thing of not wanting to appear that you don't know anything mm-hmm. about soccer. Yeah. And I feel like even if it's not true, calling it the Manchester Derby 
would be like some weird tell uh, to some hardcore soccer fans that that maybe maybe you don't know as much as you actually do. I promise I'm not trying to just consistently rip on the British here, but it does feel like that is a specifically uniquely English thing. That yes. like like if I if I said call it a derby to. Uh, for like, for lack of a better person that comes to mind, Jonathan Wilson, like a football okay. weekly of uh, inverted pyramid. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would instantly be like, "Well, it's actually Derby." It comes from and like would tell me that story, <laughs> but he would probably also say like Ilkay Gundogan. Like he he wouldn't he wouldn't really yeah, yeah. like trouble himself to properly pronounce that. Like the English mm-hmm. don't really go out of their way to pronounce other people's names. Oh yeah, but then we'll also be like, "How do you not say it right?" And there's definitely as someone who has you know lived uh-huh. a long time on the other side of the Atlantic, there's yeah. definitely a thing of being very ready to look down on the way Americans <laughs> say soccer things, yeah, including the word soccer, which is probably a whole separate episode of mm. Soccer 101 that I'd be excited to do. Yeah, and yeah. so with that said, and I'm I not that's... saying that's a good idea, by the way. I'm kind of saying the English should not be doing this. <laughs> that's yeah. fair. But I would say this: like, if somebody says Manchester Derby, I'm not going to be like, "Don't you mean Derby?" <laughs> like, I, that's you don't want to be that person. You want to be uninvited to future. Exactly. That's the way but to like, go, right? I personally would say Darby. Uh, and I think if you look at the pronunciation, it's not quite the al- aluminum aluminium where there's actually a different spelling. Uh-huh. But if you look it up, it will say like British Darby, American Derby. Yeah. Like it spells it out that way. So Kentucky Derby, Home Run Derby. I'm struggling to think of a third one. I, like, I want to rhetorically have three. Can you give uh-huh. me a third Derby? Uh, the 12th Earl of Derby. Get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll go the 12th Earl of Derby. Yeah. Be very disrespectful to get the name right. <laughs> uh, and Derby County and the Liverpool Derby, excuse he's, me, the Merseyside Derby, and ro- so on. He's rolling over in his, I assume, well-appointed grave. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a mausoleum. Before we get to um, maybe, you know, getting into what mm-hmm. makes some of these derbies very interesting, today's episode of Soccer 101 is sponsored by, you guessed it, Postmates. I've heard of them before. I expect we'll hear from them again. Uh, when you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., you can Postmate it to get those products. Or if you're enjoying this episode about Darby's and you want to get, like, rival products in so you can enjoy two different things while you hear about rivalries, yeah. you could order uh, – I'm, I'm trying to think here. You could order <laughs> Indian and Pakistani food oh, to wow. really set it off. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and, you weren't ready for that one, were you? And have a chat about the Kashmir region. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> while wearing a Kashmir sweater? I was thinking – while listening to Led Zeppelin's Cashmere. <laughs> Perfect. Got it. Nailed I was thinking it. you could find like uh, the two rival taco places in your town <laughs> yeah. and just get a taco delivered a better one. from each one via Postmates. <laughs> the less serious one. Get them to arrive uh, as close as possible and then Perfect. have a taste off. Yeah. A taco off. All right. <laughs> I, don't, taco I don't know what else you could do here, but I'm going to leave it alone. I'm, I don't know if you're in a state where you can have alcohol delivered. You could get like uh, Bushmills and Jameson. So you've yeah. got like Protestant and Catholic Irish. You could do that uh, by Postmates. Yeah, exactly. Here in Virginia, you'd have to send Postmates to the ABC store. You would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't know if you want to do so that. So the way it works, pretty much anything that you want, yeah. uh, Postmates will. The service is, they'll go pick it up for you and bring it to you. They it's will. It's kind of amazing when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Even better, their bike flies through the air and goes through the stars. Is that how it works? At least based on the logo. Ah, based on the logo. That's how they get there so fast, (laughs) I'm pretty sure. They do, and if you are, say, involved in a derby and you're not sure if you can go outside because maybe things are too tense, (laughs) then you stay inside, Postmates brings it to your door. Is this in Istanbul? Yeah, you just crack the door a little bit, take the food, you don't even have to go outside, no one can see you, you're safe in there. (laughs) Yeah, no more trips to this door, Mm -mm. no trips into the throngs of rival soccer fans. I mean, actually, now that you bring it up, there were definitely times when I would walk to the store, which was like two blocks away from Beshitasha Stadium, and I would like make sure I wasn't wearing anything like Galatasaray colored. During uh, like when it was a match day, just because you know you never want to uh, uh, n- like 
frustrate people if you don't have to. So if you want to get started with Postmates, yeah. you can download the app for free on your Apple product or your Android product. For free. And then you can like browse, see what's around mm-hmm. your local restaurants. Pretty much any restaurant worth its salt in your area is connected to Postmates. Mm. I know that because I checked here in Richmond and everywhere that I liked, it was on there. Restaurants should have salt, by the <laughs> way. Restaurants should also have salt yes. in the food, but not too much. Not, <laughs> not just, too much. To, just enough to make it tasty. Uh, <laughs> they should, and they should have it uh, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, which is exactly what Postmates offers yes. you. They'll bring you what you need within the hour. And then for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100. I did that like on a game show. Mm-hmm. A free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, you download the app and you use the code Soccer. That's code Soccer for one hundred dollars of free no, it's delivery credit. Hundred dollars. <laughs> My mistake. I, I'm going the more like Bill Hader SNL uh, oh, host, where it's Excuse a little me. bit like for one hundred dollars, <laughs> uh, a free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code Soccer. Mm-hmm. I also want to take a moment to mention like the reason that Soccer One Hundred One we've been able to do this first season. Mm-hmm. Is that we have a sponsor like Postmates that it helps. willing to sponsor before the, the the whole show was even live. So I just want to say I'm very grateful that Postmates was willing to sponsor Soccer 101. As am I. Now let's talk uh, favorite derbies. But before okay. we do that, yeah. we should probably talk about what like constitutes favorite. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Because H- have we specifically said what constitutes a derby? I guess we have, right? I've talked about how it's not local, how it's just some big rivalry yeah. for any reason. Which yeah. is interesting because I think like my my understanding of derbies was always before I think even before researching this was that it is a local derby is what a derby is, mm-hmm. but then you can have other fierce rivalries which have evolved into being called derbies. But yeah. you're right, that's not the case at all. It really is just like that fierce rivalry between two teams for whatever reason can uh-huh. be a derby. All right, so do you want to kick us off, Taylor? What, which derby would well, you like to talk about? I do, but first I would like to say that like, there are, as you said in the very beginning, there are so many derbies out there that mm-hmm. could all you know, have their own half an hour, hour-long episode. Yes. Um, and I say that up front to say that like the rivalry, the Super Classico between Boca and River in Argentina, yeah. that is, in my opinion, the biggest rivalry because it is it affects like an entire country and it like in the world over everybody wants to watch it everybody's fascinated by it i don't have that much of a personal connection to it and mm-hmm. so to be honest, I feel like it would be disingenuous for me to sit here and talk all about how much I love this and how much it means to me and yeah. why it's so cool. And I think what I would end up doing is telling you a lot about stuff that I've read that makes it seem interesting to me yeah. and isn't necessarily a thing that I have like more of a personal connection to. And that's Fair what enough. a lot of mine are going to be. I think also both of us, even if we don't want a minute, are, are slightly soccer hipstery. Uh-huh. So we've chosen more interesting than the obvious. For example, neither of us have El Clasico, no. which I would argue is – I actually think is the biggest one. Biggest one going yeah. Not least because they have the best players in the world mm-hmm. at Real Madrid and Barcelona. Again, that's probably well, at Barcelona. Worth... They sure do. <laughs> hey, you don't know when this episode's going. They could be <laughs> Champions League winners again. You're right. Um, so uh, that that's probably worth its own episode mm-hmm. of Soccer 101 um, sometime in the future. Northland and Derby is full of passion, and everybody loves that. That's not. I don't think either of us have that one either. Basically, there are lots of big ones that won't get mentioned today, but I wanted to sneak in a mention anyway. All right, that works. <laughs> um, so with all that said, I think I'm I'm going to go strangely. Uh, John Cusack, high fidelity style. I'm going autobiographical here. So I'm going to start with Manchester United v. Liverpool. I guess you could call it the Northwest Derby. Uh-huh. Uh, that for me was like uh, the first time I really got into soccer was like, like 
like aside from playing it myself, was as a Manchester United fan when I was like I was like twelve years old, mm-hmm. and it really was in that period where like the team becomes your identity almost, and yeah. so it was like I'm a Man United fan, you're a Liverpool fan, like oh, I'm going to talk trash to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't really talk as much trash anymore, mostly because I'm I'm old enough and wise enough to know that it comes back to bite you. <laughs> um, but at this time, it was like I feel like this was like this rivalry is the most reflective of like my tribal mentality mm-hmm. to the point that even uh, like I think a while back we were watching a Champions League game. It was the PSG Liverpool game, and it, like. I didn't really want to root for PSG, but I could not bring myself to root for Liverpool, and it's because of this rivalry. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so now you've, like, obviously you have lived in England. Uh, is that, would you say that is, like, the biggest, most dramatic rivalry in England? Uh, might be the North London derby. Yeah. It's, I think it's mm-hmm. between those two, okay. right? I would also, weirdly, the Merseyside derby, which mm-hmm. is Liverpool-Everton, gets a good billing. It's yeah. often one of the televised games. But Manchester United-Liverpool has this weird, I think history because with all due respect to Everton, Manchester United mm-hmm. are the more successful team. Liverpool are obviously a very successful team and it becomes this thing of these two teams uh, going at each other to be you know, the greatest in English football. And I think that's the key thing because first of all, I mean, they're like 121 or more uh, various titles between the two. It, it is the two most successful teams. Mm-hmm. I think it's also the case that this is the one that was like, when I was growing up, this was the two biggest teams. You had other teams coming in there as well. But it wasn't the same as, say, probably kids growing up who were like 12 when Man City first started getting money or 10 years old. That is probably the formative one now. And yeah. really, it's probably like Man City-Liverpool at this point. It's like the, <laughs> those two teams that are routinely the most interesting and compete the most uh-huh. regularly. But I, I feel like this used to be like on the level of El Clasico at at various points in history yeah. because it was the two biggest teams going against each the other. The weird thing to me about the Manchester-Liverpool derby, mm-hmm. there's so there's a city pride rivalry because yep. they're both in the northwest. They're not too far apart, right? Even though it's obviously not the same city. The interesting thing to me is even though there's two great teams, it's almost never them going for the title in that same season, right? There's the Manchester-Liverpool derbies where Liverpool through the what late 70s and through mm-hmm. the 80s were the best team in England. And then there's... Manchester United, basically through the 90s and the early 2000s, were the best team in England. Yep. But it was never they were the two best teams in England. And like Man United win the league one season, Liverpool win it the next season. Yeah. Right? Man United did not win the league at all through the 80s. Liverpool did not win the league at all through the 90s. So it has this weird and like, symmetry and, and asymmetry to, to it. <laughs> Don't bring it to this show. Don't bring it to this show. I, I won't. I won't. Anything else to say on the Manchester-Liverpool derby? I mean, like we could get into the various incidents that kind of stand out in that one. but It gets I a bit feel- listy then. I don't I feel like, really yeah, I feel that. like you can find those highlights. All I'll say is uh, I will forever love Gary Neville for uh, grabbing the badge and showing it to the cop. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was at home, so it might have been just to the traveling fans. <laughs> so you went John Cusack style, uh-huh. biographical. I've done the exact same All thing. Right. My first one is the Black Country Derby, uh, which is the Wolverhampton Wanderers, my team, versus West Bromwich Albion game. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a quick bit of history in case no one's heard of the Black Country. It's the region that I'm from, so-called because there was so much industry, uh, you know, factories, foundries and all that, that the sky was literally black with smoke and ash and industry. Seems like a great backdrop to participate in an athletic competition that requires <laughs> lots of heavy breathing. Yeah, it's, the, it's the cough, cough, cough derby. There we go. <laughs> Um, all right, black so, country, black long derby. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so obviously this is the one that I have, you know, a personal um, thing where I've been in the middle of it and I've observed it. And it's the real thing where, you know, you would go to school mm-hmm. or, you know, you go to the factory, go to the office. Um, and depending on who's won, one side is up and one side is down. This is true of all derbies, but it's just this is the, the time when I've really seen it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it has this extra special thing to me. But what, like, was – did you have that same thing where – 
uh, on match days at least? Were you like West Brom? I can't stand them. Or, I, or have you always had that Daryl Grove neutrality about you? I think I have a bit of that neutrality where I don't want to get into the othering someone yeah. and then hating them. Mm-hmm. Actually, this whole Derby thing makes me uncomfortable because so much of that mm-hmm. happens, right? Yeah. Um, but what I do have is like, I still know that that rivalry is there, and so I have nerves, essentially. Anytime Wolves play West Brom, I just have nerves that day because it might go wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, it might go wrong. Right, but then let me ask you this. Do you have that same thing uh, that I have with Liverpool with West Brom? That like, if they're losing, will you do a silent like, yes, this no, is how it's supposed to be? No, okay. I don't. Right. And, but part of that is, part of that is, it's also one of the reasons mm-hmm. I like this derby as well, is this derby doesn't happen all that much anymore, mm-hmm. right? Half the time, they're in the wrong division. Like, there's a long time Wolves are in the second or third tier, West Brom are in the Premier League. We recently passed each other, so now Wolves are in mm-hmm. the Premier League at the time of recording. In your West, face, baggies. West Brom are in the second tier. You know what I'm saying, though? It's yeah. like, this thing has now become special yeah. because unlike Manchester United Manchester and Liverpool, you don't know that you're definitely getting it twice a year. Mm-hmm. You might not get it for four or five years at a time, right? Yeah. It might not exist at all. That makes sense. Um, um, I, one more question for you yeah. about this one. Uh, do Is this the type of thing that, like, is, is it passed down? Like, is your father a Wolves fan and not a West Brom fan? Yeah. Is, your, are, is your brother as well? All yeah, your it's, it's roughly your area and uh-huh. your family and your friends, right? right? Some people, if the family hasn't passed it down, then you get peer pressured by your friend group into supporting a certain team. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, one thing I re- the, the one thing I really love about this is the, there is a weird, like, black country sense of humor, which mm-hmm. I would say I have a, a little bit. This is, like sunk itself into this derby as well. So there's an exchange of songs that has happened between Wolves and West Brom fans, mm-hmm. which if you'll indulge me for like a minute or two, um, I'm going to share with you. I'm I not go- always want to hear Daryl Grove sing. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the lyrics. Always want to hear Daryl Grove <laughs> sing. All right, so you've heard me talk about Steve Ball, mm-hmm. right? So in the 1990s, late 80s and the 1990s, Wolves' best player, Steve Ball. 70% of the earth is covered by water, the rest is covered by Steve Ball. I don't remember saying I believe that. You've told, I believe that was on the very <laughs> first episode of the Total Soccer Show. You said that. He was, he's Wolves' like all-time leading goal scorer. He's this big um, hero, right? He's from the area, right? So West Brom fans, when Wolves and West Brom used to play each other a lot in the second tier in the 90s, West Brom fans used to sing, Stevie Ball's a tatter. You know what Tata is? I do not. So it's other than the, the first name of the head coach of Atlanta, or <laughs> was the head coach of Atlanta. This is spelled. This is spelled differently. <laughs> um, so Tata is like an insult, meaning your clothes are all tattered, like you're poor, basically. Yeah. Right. So Stevie Ball's a Tata. He wears a Tata's hat. He plays for Wolverhampton, and he's a swear word twat. He runs down the left wing. He runs down the right. But he couldn't score a goal if he played all swear word night. Right. Uh-huh. So West Brom fans just singing a big insult song about Wolves' big goal threat. Yeah. Then Wolves fans started singing soon after, especially when Steve Ball got called up by England. He was briefly an England player, 1990 World Cup. Stevie Ball's a tatter. He wears an England cap. He plays for Wolverhampton, and he's a lovely chap. (laughs) Scores with his left foot. He scores with his right. And when we play the Albion, he'll score all swear word night. (laughs) So I say that not just to... um, to share some wolf songs but mm. i love that in terms of in derbies i love that playful yep. back and forth with language where no one really gets hurt but you you get to have like a humorous like jab at each other yeah I, I, yeah i do love that Th- those songs are definitely my favorite the like whenever like uh when chelsea were having a bad season and then they would sing like we're staying up after scoring a goal yeah, yeah. it's always those moments that make me very happy and they yeah. do seem to come out even more hilariously and dramatically when it comes to derbies so there you go that, that's my uh my my brief potted history of the uh the black country derby yeah, all right well you talked a little bit about like othering of of people and i would yeah. say that like that is like for my next one the thing that kind of like drew it to my attention the reason why i mentioned it here and it's hamburger sv versus fc sampoli oh yeah um, a smaller one 
Hey, it faded out. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. It's because this is a teaser episode of Soccer 101, which is our new spin-off show available in a completely separate podcast feed. If you enjoyed what you heard and you want to hear about all the other derbies we talk about on the full version of this episode and you want to hear the other nine episodes of Soccer 101, which cover everything from Pele's career to how to watch a soccer match and understand it tactically, please go and subscribe to the show now. However you're listening right now, whether it's a podcast player, a browser or whatever, Spotify, for example, you can go and find Soccer 101. Search in any podcast app, search the internet for Soccer 101. You will be able to find the show and subscribe. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes to a landing page on our website that gives you all the subscription links, whichever podcast player you are using. Thank you for listening and Thanks in advance for supporting Soccer 101.